this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You get into this book, God will get into you, okay? And so I want you to really see the scriptures. It's good for every one of us to learn to, to not trust in man, even this man, but that book, okay? Once you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Mark chapter 8. Uh, just some things been stirring up on me. A little passage here we'll read, and it'll identify some things. I'm going to talk about just the word see, S-E-E, how we see. Now, every one of us in here, we see with natural eyes, and we have spiritual eyes. And when you study Jesus' life, guys, there were five personal encounters that he had with blind people in the New Testament. One of them he spoke to. Another one he laid hands on, one he cast the devil out of, one he spit in the dirt, and then he anointed his eyes with that. And so the fifth one is where we're fixing to read. Uh, Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Then Jesus came to Bethesda, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the town, and when he had spit on his eyes, Now, this is pretty interesting to me. Almost hard for me to imagine this here, that these guys, they hunt Jesus down to to lay hands on their friend to heal him, and Jesus spits in his eyes. Now, before you ever spit in someone's eyes, you either better be one of two things. You better really be led by the Spirit of God, or you better be awfully tough, okay? Okay. Because it's not good. Now, I I don't want to be gross here, but I I want you just to think about what Jesus did. They bring this guy to him, and Jesus comes up, and and I I look at that, and I think, and where is he going with this? Keep reading. And when he'd spit on his eyes, he put his hands on him, and he asked him if he saw anything. Now, once again, this guy is blind in the natural But Jesus asked him, did you see anything? The man replied and said, I see men like trees walking. I thought, that's interesting. And then he goes on and he puts his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and saw everything clearly. Now, two things take place here that had never been happened before. Number one is Jesus spit directly in this guy's eyes. And when I look at how Jesus healed people, all five were different. In other words, he never had a specific method or formula. I believe this, guys, that when you study Jesus' life, Acts 10.38 said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about healing people. I believe it was under the unction of the Holy Spirit. But when you look at what he does here, guys, it's, it's interesting. One, he spits in his eyes. Number two... He prays for the guy two times. Now, when I go back and I look at all that, I think, why did Jesus pray for it two times? Several years ago, there was a a guy who had gone to a Bible school, and I'm not going to list the Bible school. Many of you would know it. Probably read certain books about a pastor there. But this young man said to me, he said, Yeah, we're taught out there that you lay hands on the sick, and if they don't recover, you lay hands on them again. They don't grip it. You just keep laying hands on them. And I thought, I can see that. The Bible says lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. But then he made a statement that really, really took me off guard a little bit. And he said this, 
that even with Jesus, it doesn't always work the first time. Now, if you would say that about me, I would say, yeah, it's true, I'm a human being. But to say this about Jesus, I was like, whoa, whoa, time out. We're talking about the Son of God. We're talking about the Creator of the universe. We're talking about the God who formed the, the world in seven days. The God who told the oceans how far they could transgress. The God who, who tells the sun when to rise and to set, but yet he couldn't heal someone. And I was like, no, there's got to be more to this than what I'm reading. So, in saying that, look back at verse 24. And it said, and he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. So this is kind of how I begin to think, guys. I looked and I thought, there's got to be something to that thing called trees there. Got to be something with it that I'm missing. So in my study, I said, Lord, show me where you're going with this. Go to Zechariah in the Old Testament, chapter 4. And you say, where's Zechariah? Well, you're going backwards. You go to Malachi or Malachi if you're Italian. And then you'll hit Zechariah right after that. Now, as you're turning to Zechariah, I'm going to give you a number of scriptures that you may want to write down to make sure I'm telling the truth. But I'm going to quote them. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, it says that, that blessed is the man or he'll be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. Psalm 52, verse number 8. It says, I am like a green olive tree. Hmm. Psalm 92, 12, it says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Isaiah 55, 12, it says, all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. Now that one was really interesting to me. You know, whether you've ever been up in the mountains, I was up there not long ago. And in the natural, I've never seen a bunch of... Uh, Aspen clapping their hands. I've drove by pecan orchards and I've never seen them all out there clapping. Actually, when you read this, it's talking about the redeemed of the Lord. The church. Me and you. And it's interesting right here. He said they'll clap their hands. Another reference is uh, Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. He said that those who are planted by the water will, will be like trees of living water, okay? So over and over, I begin to see this comparison that compared trees with people. Now, this is where I'm going right here. Zechariah 4, and I believe this will help you. Verse 1. Now, the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who was wakened out of his sleep. Now, think about this just for a little bit here. This angel wakens this man, and he speaks to him. Some of you may ask, do you believe that? Absolutely, I believe that. I believe it still happens to this day. Where's your biblical proof of that? Hebrews 13, 12 says many times we have entertained strangers or angels and we're unaware of it. I do believe there's still angelic visitation. So this is biblical what's going on here. Keep reading verse 2. And he said to me, what do you see? So I said, I am looking, and there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, and on the stand seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right hand of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked to me, saying, What are these, my Lord? 
Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said to him, No, my Lord. Now, the angels can visit us in dreams, visions, and even what they call trances. But every time the angel visits a person, it's in the spirit realm. I know many of people that see angels regularly. Have I ever seen one? I never have yet. But I still believe in what they say and they tell me. So this is what's going on here. Now look at the the next verse. And it gives us some insight on some things. And he said, And he answered to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit. He's telling us here, guys, it's not by how smart, strong, intelligent, good-looking, bad-looking you are, but the things of the Spirit are only by the Spirit. In other words, that when we go through life and all we do everything is out of our natural abilities, I'm not going to hook up with the Spirit realm. So he asked these questions in here, and for time's sake, jump with me to verse 11. Then I answered and said to him, what are these two olive trees at the right hand of the lampstand at its, its left? What are these two olive trees? Look at his response in verse 14. So he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand before the Lord of the whole earth. So in reference here again, you see that when he starts talking about these trees, actually he's talking about in the spirit realm these two men. Think about when Jesus laid hands on that guy, and that guy said, I see men like trees. I believe the more I look at this, that God began to open his spirit eyes before he even healed his natural eyes. And some of you say, prove it. Well, I'm glad you asked that. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 7. I want you to see some things here in the New Testament that I believe will help you to open the eyes of our understanding. Just hang in here with me, okay? I'm going somewhere with this, and you're going to get blessed, I promise you, okay? If you get hot, raise your hand, and we'll kick the air back on. We've been up and down. Some have wanted me to turn the heater on. Some want the air conditioner, okay? We will try to help you. Matthew 7. Begin with me in verse 16, and note what it says here. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes? No. Or figs from thistles? No. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit, but every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. What's this whole passage talking about? Trees that either bear good fruit or bad fruit. But I want you to note in there how many times he references trees. Now look at what Jesus ends with in verse 20. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. I want you to highlight the word there. By their fruits, me and you will be known. So really in in what we're reading here again... He uses the analogy of trees with people once again. Now, guys, I went over and over and back and forth looking at all this, and I believe we can see some more things if we'll just turn over to to Matthew 13. Just a couple more pages to your right. I'll keep you jumping today. 
Matthew 13, verse 13. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see. And hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Now think what Jesus just said. He said, seeing they don't see. And they hear, but they don't hear. And because they, they can't see or they can't hear, they don't understand. Verse 14. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand. And seeing you will see, and not perceive. So once again, what he's talking about there is me and you can see things in the natural realm, but that doesn't mean I'm going to see things in the spiritual realm. I can hear in the natural realm, but doesn't mean I'm going to hear in the, uh, in the, in the spiritual realm. Verse 15, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Why? Why have the hearts of this people grown dull? And I want you to note the progression here. Their ears are hard of hearing. And it's not talking about hard of hearing, hearing your wife yell at you, okay? He's talking about our ears have become hard of hearing to the things of God. And their eyes, they have closed. Not physically, but spiritually. Least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Least they should understand with their hearts. Now think about everything he's talking about. That if I don't hear with spiritual ears and I don't see with spiritual eyes, there cannot be understanding. And where did he say there wouldn't be understanding at? In my heart. The real me. My spirit. See, this thing right here, it's not going to live forever. This is what we call our earth suit. My spirit is the only thing that's going to live forever. So he's trying to tell them, this is where understanding comes from, from my heart. Now, in the natural, when we learn stuff, where do we learn it at? In our minds or our brains? And everything we learn in the natural is from our five senses. But to learn in the spirit realm, i got to learn in my heart. That's where things begin to change. When you got born again, how many of you got a new body? Not one of us. Man, it would be convenient if we did. And you can talk about the holidays coming, you could get a new body. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Start losing your hair and say, hey, I'm just going to get born again this Sunday. That's not what happened. What did happen? Jesus came into my heart and he changed my heart. Now, I don't know if this got you, but this really got this boy. That before I got born again, I didn't understand the things of God at all. I didn't know why you would read the Bible. And when I did read the Bible, it didn't make any sense to me. But once I gave my heart to Jesus, something started changing on the inside of me. Now look what he goes on to say here. Least they should understand with their hearts and turn. What was he talking about when he said and turn? The word turn literally means to repent. So what happens is we begin to hear the word of God. We begin to see the word of God. And it brings understanding to my heart where I realize, you know what? I've got to repent. I've got to repent from my actions. And I've got to give Jesus my heart. Now look at Jesus' words in this sentence. So that I should heal them. 
I do not believe right here he was talking about healing us physically. I believe he was talking about healing our hearts. How do we get our hearts healed? The only way I get my heart healed is to receive Jesus and to repent of my sin. Okay? Now look what he talks about next. But blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are your eyes for they see. Now, he wasn't talking about in the natural, guys. He's talking about spiritually, and he said, your ears for they hear. He says, when this takes place, when you see and hear in the spirit realm, you're blessed. You're blessed. Last verse there, verse uh, 17. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. You know what he's talking about? A lot of the prophets in the Old Testament, they would have loved to have seen what me and you have seen and heard. They didn't get the opportunity. You know what it's talking about? Jesus. When Jesus was mentioned to the Old Testament prophets, guys, Jesus was the coming king. He hadn't come yet. So he's saying here, man, they are envious of what me and you have had the opportunity to see and to hear. Good news, okay? Go back to Mark 8 where we started. And I'm going to make some sense with this. Through the Scriptures. Let the, let the Scriptures teach you. Mark 8. Now, two things you've got to understand here when you study the Bible. Does it bear witness with the Word of God? It's got to go right with the Word of God. The second thing, a lot of times that will help you when you read the parables of Jesus, is you've got to read them in context, Okay? This passage right here in Mark 8, in verses 4 through 9, Jesus feeds 4,000. He fed 4,000 with seven loaves and a few small fishes, okay? After they finished eating, he took up seven baskets that were leftovers. Verse number 11, and that's where we'll begin here. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing them. But Jesus sighed deeply in his spirit, in his heart. And he said, why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. Verse 13. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, he departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then Jesus charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven or the yeast of the Pharisees, and the leaven or the yeast of Herod. Now Jesus is warning them, guys, right here. And he says, Take heed, warning about these, these guys, the Pharisees and the Herodians. Now when he talks about their yeast or their leaven, he wasn't talking that these guys had a secret, uh, a secret bread recipe. In the natural he was talking about their doctrine. And he was saying, be careful with the doctrine that these guys speak. That's why it's important that me and you learn to read the Bible on our own. If you've been here long enough, you know, if you try to send me something on Facebook, you won't see me on Facebook. I'm not against it. But my definition of Facebook is, face the book, okay? Get in the book. It will do you a lot of good, okay? 
This is big that I learned to do it. So he's warning them there about their doctrines. Now look what they think. Verse 16, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, it's because we have no bread. So they're thinking, Jesus is upset with us because we forgot the bread. We should have stopped at 7-Eleven and picked up another loaf. But look what Jesus says to them. But Jesus, being aware of it, and said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Now when he said that, guys, note there, he said, It's not about your stomach, boys. It's not that I hear your tummy growling. It's about your heart is still hardened. So when he talks about bread there, what is the meaning of bread? Well, Matthew 4, 4, Jesus himself said, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus basically here is telling them, Boys, it's not about a loaf of Ms. Baird's bread, but it is about the word of God. You guys are missing the whole point. In John 6, 48, Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life. So when we talk about bread in a spiritual uh, meaning, it's the Word of God and Jesus himself. And this is what Jesus is trying to tell them. Fellas, you got to get a hold of this. It's about me and my Word. Verse 18. Having ear or having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear, and do you not remember? So once again, think about this with the disciples. Do you think they all had eyes? Yeah. Do you think they all had ears? Yeah. And so what was he getting to? Your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears. When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of fragrant did you take up? And they said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragrance did you take up? And they said, seven. So you know what he's telling them? You've seen what's happened in the spirit realm. You've seen what I did, and I prayed over those, and God blessed them. But look what he says next in verse number 21. So he said to them, How is it that you do not understand? So you know what Jesus is telling them? You saw me feed 5,000. You saw me feed 4,000. And there's 12 of you? That's not a problem. I can take care of that. But the point of this is, I'm not talking about hungering for bread physically. I'm talking about spiritually. Now, this is where we started at right here. So he wheels into Bethesda, and he gets out of the boat in verse 21. And they brought a blind man to heal him, and he begged him to touch him. So Jesus took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the town, and when he spit on his eyes, he put his hands on him, and he asked him if he saw anything. The guy replies, I see men like trees walking. You know what I believe just happened? I believe the eyes of his understanding, his spirit eyes were open. 
That's why I took you into all those passages about the difference between I, our men, and trees. I believe this, guys, that the guy started singing into the spiritual realm, just like back in Zechariah, what we read. That first of all, God wasn't, wasn't against the guy. He wasn't against the guy being healed in the natural, but he said, you know what? I want you to be healed spiritually first. And then look what happens in verse 25. Then he put his hands on his eyes again, and he made him look up, and he was restored and saw everybody clearly. You know, me and you, we can be alive physically, but blind spiritually. Jesus doesn't want you blind spiritually, and he doesn't want you blind in the natural. So the next question, what I want to ask you today is, what causes spiritual blindness? I'm glad you asked. Go with me to John chapter 9, and we'll end with this. And this will tie every bit of this together, okay? John chapter 9. What causes spiritual blindness? The entire chapter of John 9 was about a blind man. The entire chapter. I want you to start with me in verse 38. And this is talking about this blind man. It said, Then he said, Lord, I believed, and he worshipped him. This blind man believes that Jesus is the Lord, and he believes that Jesus is the healer. And so he said, Lord, I believe. And i got to take a step of faith, but I'm going to believe. And I believe that's important for every one of us in here, because if you've given your heart to Jesus, I would venture to say that not one of you saw Jesus physically when you got born again. When I gave my heart to Jesus, guys, Jesus didn't stroll up and hand me a business card and say, I'm Jesus. I heard the Scriptures, and all of a sudden something started happening in my heart, and I stepped out by faith, just like many of you, and you believed that you, through, through the Word of God, you heard and you said, He's real. This is, this is the truth. Now look what happens in verse 39. And Jesus said, for, ha- for judgment I have come into this world. That word judgment means to separate. There'll be a time that'll come that the Scripture says there'll be a separation between the sheep and the goats. You don't want to be a goat on that day, I'm going to tell you. Keep reading. That those who do not see may see. That's talking about getting born again and being a believer. Those who do not see because they get born again, now they do see. And that those who see may be made blind. So what he's telling us there, there's going to be ones that are going to see like the Pharisees but they're going to reject Jesus. And Jesus said, because you see and don't believe, you're going to be rejected. Verse 40. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Now Jesus doesn't say it here, but I'm sure he's thinking, yeah, buddy, you are. Remember what Jesus warned the disciples Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware because many times they didn't live by the truth. They were more in tune with man's customs than God's. Now look what's said here. Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. 
But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. So what was Jesus saying right here? Jesus, I believe, guys, was telling them, if you would just admit you need me, if you would just acknowledge me as the Son of God, you would not have any sin. So to believe in Jesus meant to see spiritually, but to not see him or not acknowledge him meant to, to be blind spiritually. And so when you begin to look at this, if we would just admit that we're blind spiritually, the Word of God says completely that Jesus is the light of the world and He came and would take all our sin away. That's good news. But if you think you can see without Jesus, you're going to be blind. And you're going to die in your sin. This is what He said to them right here. If you would just admit you needed me. So when I read all this, spiritual blindness comes from number one, rejecting Jesus. You know, people won't go to hell because of all their sin. They'll go to hell because they rejected Jesus. And when I reject Jesus, if you read what he said there, You'll be alive physically, but you'll be dead spiritually. You'll die in your sin. The second area that causes spiritual blindness is unconfessed sin. Remember what we read there when he said, if we had ears and eyes, and it brought understanding to our heart, we would turn. We would repent. And so if I don't confess my sin, guys, and confessing my sin means that I admit i got to have you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to live spiritually blind. I can go through my whole life and be spiritually blind. Or I can admit, and that was the big thing with the Pharisees, they wouldn't admit who he was. You're the Son of God. You're the Lord. If you've been born again... And the Bible, the things of God, don't come alive to you. Maybe you're at a real dry time in your life spiritually. I've been there before. Not always, but a lot of the time, it's a result of unconfessed sin in my life as a believer. Persistent sin in my life. You know what Jesus says? Over and over and over. If you really want to see, admit who I am and confess your sin. And this pertains to every one of us in here today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.